We're now into the second day of mourning here in the Netherlands for Peter de Vries, the investigative crime journalist. We are appalled by the apparently arbitrary killing of nine activists in simultaneous... Tonight, more bloodshed in Mexico. Another journalist killed this week in the country. Five he was known for fighting for the little guys, for trying to deny corruption. From the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organized Crime, this is the Repo Effect. This is The Ripple Effect, and I'm your host, Ana Paula Oliveira. In this podcast, we bear witness to the victims of organized crime by looking at why certain individuals are at risk of assassination and what can be done to prevent it. Today, we look at the threat against human rights defenders. What makes these brave individuals a target for assassination? Human rights defenders are commonly defined as those who, individually or together with others, act to protect human rights in a peaceful manner. This includes the promotion and protection of civil and political rights, as well as the promotion, protection and realization of economic, social and cultural rights. Because of the bravery and conviction to stand up for the rights of others, many of them are at risk. It is estimated that over 300 human rights defenders were killed in 2021. The majority of murders took place in the Americas, with most other attacks occurring across Asia. Michelle Foley from Frontline Defenders tell us more about the threat defenders face, in particular those who are exposed to situations of crime and violence. They can be working on land rights, environmental rights, women's rights. They can be working against corruption and exposing links to criminal activities. And ultimately, because of their work, they face an array of risks, including losing their jobs and their livelihoods, restrictions on their movements, such as travel bans and house arrests. They can be charged with false accusations or defamed and, and targeted by smear campaigns in both traditional media and on social media platforms. They can receive threatening messages. They can be physically attacked. Families can be threatened abducted and attacked, they can be tortured, disappeared, and in the most extreme circumstances, they can be killed. But ultimately, I suppose, criminal groups target human rights defenders because their human rights work in areas such as migrant rights, land rights, indigenous people's rights, sex workers' rights, often end up disrupting the economic interests of these criminal groups who are involved in narco-trafficking, human smuggling, illegal logging or resource extraction and other illegal businesses. According to the Global Assassination Monitor, Colombia is one of the most dangerous places around the world for human rights defenders. These killings occur mostly in rural areas, where there is a limited state presence. In most of the cases, armed groups, including paramilitaries, organized criminal groups, and groups that emerged after the demobilization of the FARC, or Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia's People's Army, are believed to be responsible. Juan Papier is a senior researcher for Americas at Human Rights Watch. He explains the patterns identified behind the killings of rights defenders in Colombia. 
Now, this is a multifaceted problem that has different uh, trends throughout Colombia. Many human rights defenders are killed for doing precisely their work, some for opposing the presence of armed groups in their territories, others for reporting human rights abuses. But some human rights defenders are killed during armed groups' broader attacks against civilians. And these murders have exposed underreported patterns of violence and abuse in remote, remote parts of Colombia, where law enforcement and judicial processes rarely reach. One key factor to understand the killing of human rights defenders in Colombia is the limited state presence in these mostly rural areas. This limited state presence means that social organizations, including what are called neighborhood action committees, Afro-Colombian community councils, and indigenous groups, often play prominent roles in performing tasks typically assigned to local government officials, such as protecting the population or promoting government plans. And this increases the visibility of social organizations' leaders, including human rights defenders, exposing them to very serious risks. This includes the human rights defenders who have been promoting initiatives established under the 2016 peace accord with the FARC guerrillas. For example, many human rights defenders have been killed for supporting or participating in plans to replace coca crops, the raw material of cocaine, with food crops. We delve deeper into the 2016 peace agreement between the Colombian government and the FARC in our next episode. The dangers facing human rights defenders in Mexico are similar to those in Colombia, thanks to a complex web of organized crime and corruption in both countries. If you look at who's responsible for these Maria attacks... Maria Maya is vice president of programs at the Washington Office on Latin America. It's, it's sometimes very hard to pinpoint the, the perpetrators, given the multiple cases of Mexican officials working in collusion with organized criminal groups, which can be at the local, state, or federal level. I think this dynamic has been very clear even recently if you look at the, the number of cases that are being investigated by U.S. officials of top Mexican security officials or former governors or attorney generals that are being investigated for their links to organized crime. And so I think there's, there's certainly that level of the gray area of how many of these cases the perpetrators are just public servants, organized criminal groups or others, or how much you see that blurring of, of the lines. There are certain types of defenders that are at particular risk in Mexico. Environmental activists are probably at the top of that list. These are individuals that are openly opposing large-scale development projects and the illegal exploitation of natural resources. This is linked, again, to organized criminal groups who have also sought to expand their illicit activities beyond drug trafficking to the production and sale of natural resources to exert territorial control over parts of Mexico and obviously for profit. In January 2020, the environmental activist Romero Gomez Gonzalez was murdered in Mexico with signs of torture. He was a fierce defender of the monarch butterflies. These butterflies are native to the Michoacan area and are threatened by illegal logging, as well as the cartel infiltrated avocado trade. Just days after Homero's funeral, the body of his colleague, Raul Hernandez, who worked at the butterfly reserve as a tour guide, was also found. It is believed that both men were killed by organized criminal groups, although no perpetrators have been identified. 
As we've learned, certain types of defenders face increased threats, including the relatives of those killed. These individuals can find themselves in danger when campaigning for justice for their loved ones. While all human rights defenders can be subject to threats, women human rights defenders and defenders working on LGBT plus rights are vulnerable to a second layer of misogyny threats, attacks and gender-based violence. In June 2020, feminist organization Consorcio Chaka found a bag of animal remains outside the office with a death threat to the organization and to journalist Soledad Yarkin. That was allegedly attributed to the uh, new generation Jalisco cartel, drug trafficking organization. And in that case, the threat was believed to have been linked to the work they're doing for justice for the femicide of Soledad's daughter back in 2018. Rates of femicide in Mexico are rising. In 2021, more than a quarter of the 3,750 women killed in Mexico were classified as femicides. Often, the perpetrators have links with organized crime, adding an additional layer of danger for families in their journey to receive justice. Women's rights, women's rights defenders are those that are looking for justice for femicide cases, so women that are killed for gender reasons. There's a lot of risk involved because oftentimes aggressors can be linked to organized criminal groups, are members of these organizations, and so the implications for both the families of the victims and organizations working to defend the cases can be actually much more risky because you have that organized criminal element behind you that leads to threats. Or we've seen in, in cases, and there's a very noteworthy case of uh, Maricela Escobedo in northern Mexico in the state of Chihuahua, who you know really pushed for the investigation of her daughter, who was killed by her boyfriend, who was working for a criminal organization, who also then suffered repercussions herself and, and security risks that eventually led to, to her murder because of who the perpetrators are in these cases. It is the economies, power and territorial disputes, as well as corruption and dirty business, are often the motivating factors in the killings of these brave defenders of human rights. We remember their conviction and contribution to the world. Join us next time as we ask what measures are in place to protect human rights defenders. If you enjoyed the ripple effect, Please share and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.